louder! Welcome back to the TJ Bowser Power Hour. This is your host with the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser. And joining me today is the marvelous, the magnificent Cameron Lee. You may know him as one of the hosts of Big Bad Beetle Bros and the illustrious creator of the indie toku sensation, God Punk. Thank you, thank you. Happy you, to be here. Thanks for having me, boss man. It's a pleasure to have you here. <laughs> but yes, uh, so how you been? Good, good. Hanging in there, staying healthy, you know, working. I basically just go to work and go home and have the guys over. So that's it. But getting along. Chiefs are doing good, so I'm doing good. <laughs> of course the Chiefs <laughs> are doing good. Ah, uh, uh, fuck them. Anyway, anyway. So for anyone who's not familiar with who you are, what you do, uh, he is host of one of the Project Louder podcasts. They've been with us for over a year now called the Big Bad Beetle Bros. And they review the Big Bad Beetle Borgs TV show from the 90s. So you want to tell them the story of uh, that podcast so far? Yeah, for sure. I give kind of the uh, the origin story, the rundown. Yeah. So uh started off me and, and three other guys that we all went to high school together. Um, Aaron, Ryan, and Nick uh, went to high school together, grew up together. Four of us were on or three of three of the four of us were on a robotics team together. So we, you know, hyper nerds all the way through <laughs> <laughs> and uh, around, I think it was like, I think it was 2019 when we actually put the first recording out, but we uh, got together. We all listened to, you know, all the you know, last podcast on the left behind the bastards, all that kind of stuff, the bigger podcast, like we're, into it my favorite murder all that stuff and we were just fucking around talking one night having a couple drinks and uh we were like oh, well let's do a podcast i you know aaron's got some recording experience all the all the guys except for me have music experience let's let's do a podcast let's think of something and uh i like 90 percent as a joke was like hey there's all these power ranger podcasts let's do uh beetleborgs because on netflix at the time uh started it up Started doing it like once a week and just no, no real good recording, recording equipment. I was editing it myself. We did that for like close to a year. I think our big, uh, our big get in the first year was we interviewed, uh, Gabe Torres, mm. the, the kind of like, a, he's not the director of, of Beetleborgs, but he directed the most. I think he directed about, uh, 12 or 15 episodes out of the, uh, close to 80, but that's the most that any one director had done. Uh, so the vast majority of season one was Gabe's stuff. Um, then we got Rick Schick, who's a VFX artist and a, and a uh, practical effects guru on most of the Saban shows from the 90s, so Power Rangers VR Troopers and Beetleborgs and uh, Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, all those. Uh, and then we got a peculiar message from a strange man on the internet asking us to <laughs> <laughs> join his his band of miscreants and uh so we hopped on project louder and and made the switch and been sticking with it since oh and we went to uh we went to hillhurst and all that stuff last year too i forgot i always forget we did that yeah you actually went to the mansion yeah, <laughs> yeah. we've done a couple of cool things yeah for sure so with all that beetleborgs and stuff do you remember the first time you were introduced to that stuff uh, to like Beetleborg specifically or like well, just Toku, Toku in and, general. 
American Toku and all that. Um, so it's a weird, that's like a, you know, a thing I think every fan asks another fan, like what got you into the genre? What got you onto the show? I've known about some kind of Toku Power Rangers Ultraman or something since like those are my earliest memories. So I, I have a, um, I'm, I was born in 95, so I just missed the original yeah. hype for all those shows, but hit them all in kind of like their best moments. And I have a scrapbook that was released in 93 at the launch of Power Rangers. Uh, it was one of the first pieces of merch. Came out right after the toys because the toys, you know, came out right before the show aired. It's just huge hype. And my uh, cousin, who's like five or six years older than me, had gotten a whole bunch of Power Rangers stuff. Just went full, you know, whole hog. And when he went into high school, gave all of his stuff to me when I was like two or three years old. So I've got this scrapbook I've had as literally as long as I can remember. And uh, I've had it signed by, I think, like three of the original cast. I've got uh, Austin St. John, the Red Ranger, um, Walter Jones, the Black Ranger, and David Yost, the Blue Ranger. I've all signed it. Uh, Anybody who comes through KC, I snag a signature. That's the first thing I remember. The first show I remember watching was Power Rangers in Space, because like I said, I'm I'm a couple years behind the curve. Yeah. So of all the Saban IPs out there, why Beetleborgs to do a podcast? (laughs) We ask ourselves that question every week. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Like I said, they're like... Um, I'm the bigger Toku nerd of all the, all the bros. Ryan's second in command on that title. But, um, I'd known about Beetleborgs since I was younger, I'd I'd seen reruns and stuff. And it's, it's one of the shows that I, people don't talk about, but then when people do, it's like a, holy shit, do you remember that thing existed? Like, (laughs) Like they made that and it worked for a while. What is like, it's one of those, you know, awakens a memory in the back of your head. And there's probably more than a dozen Power Ranger podcasts out there. The one that I really got into and I've been following for like a better part of a decade now is Ranger Danger. They're an Australian group. And uh, they, you know, had the formula. They started with Mighty Morphin episode one, or they actually, I think they started with the unaired pilot and watched every episode uh, more or less (laughs) once a week for now it's like eight years now they just started oh. uh wild force like yeah it's <laughs> ridiculous so i i talked to ryan about that because he and i both listened to him and uh we looked at we did a test episode with vr troopers um kind of became our first bonus episode mm-hmm. um and then we did our first episode of beetleborgs and it was just it's the weirdest like it's the hardest to describe of all of the Saban shows because mm-hmm. it just doesn't make any sense when you like absolutely take not. it off of a page of paper. It just it doesn't check out. It's the weirdest combo of stuff. And we're the weirdest combo of guys that I can find. So, yeah, we stuck. And it's just so prone to comedy. It fits too well to the jokes. Fair. So uh, yeah. shifting gears to God Punk, what inspired the origin story of the that series and for those who don't know what god punk is maybe kind of explain what it is as a start yeah yeah so uh god punk is my indie toku uh indie comic i uh, started around the same time beetle bros did actually it's been uh, about like three or four years in full development about two years since i started the comic uh so it's uh do i have i have the cover at least you can kind of see there um so it's a uh, indie toku in the vein of kind of what Power Rangers started off of uh, without the taking the other half from a Japanese show. 
Um, tokusatsu is stands for special effects, um, special filming technique shows like Godzilla, Ultraman, Power Rangers, tokusatsu, all of those things fall into it. And I was a, uh, art history major in college, uh, originally going for archaeology until I figured out that's a uh, exceedingly difficult and uh, very broke field to go into as much as I would love it. I also need a paycheck and uh, started doodling in class of just what would a uh, cicada themed common writer look like mm. and dove down. I took a couple uh, classes in uh, the classics department on mythology Stumbled upon the story of Tythonus, who is a uh, Trojan prince, gets uh, falls in love with Eos, goddess of the dawn, and Zeus, when he goes and asks for immortality, uh, Zeus thinks he's a funny shit and uh, makes him immortal to never die, but he keeps aging. Uh. Eos takes pity on him, and uh, depending on the translation that you get, either turns him into a cricket or a cicada. Uh <laughs> It's usually fit with the cicada one yeah. because it's a symbol for rebirth in Greece, but uh, turns him into a cicada. And then that's kind of the end of his story. And uh, I love the idea of they do it a little bit with like Marvel's Hercules is, is a lot of this kind of way of you take a character from myth and just pick them up in the modern era and mm -hmm. just say, you know, that character doesn't have an ending. Boom, they're back. So I took Tythonus. And had him, he, you know, survived all these millennia, kind of just building up hatred for Zeus and the gods and and all of this. And he threw a convoluted mystery of archaeological digs that students get sent on. Connor Thorne, our protagonist, ends up finding the uh, artifact, the cicada changer that connects him to Tythonus and lets Tythonus... Uh, kind of seek his his vengeance and his uh, uh, to his finish to his story in the modern age through Connor. Excellent. It's a long winded uh, <laughs> <laughs> elevator pitches. TJ knows this. Yes. Hell, you're damn good at it, though. So what do you think <laughs> allows God Punk to stand out in a world that is just absolutely flooded with indie toku right now? Uh, so I think. One of the things, yeah, it's you say it's flooded. It's I did I did make another karate bug man. I just picked a different bug and a different <laughs> martial art. But yeah, it's I get I do get shit from some of the other creators that are like you like people got to start making monsters. They got to start making weird shit. Everybody's yeah. doing karate bug men. I made mine orange. That yeah. helped. Uh, the connection to Greek myth. I I didn't really. Uh, there's not really anything about God Punk that harkens other than theme wise back to Japanese culture or uh, like current, you know, I don't have a, I didn't start it in a Japanese translation. I haven't done, um, I haven't done a ton of live action stuff that I didn't really aim for that. So I think focusing on the comic and kind of like a, a general branding, I think a lot of, uh, the current indie toku runs that are going other than the big ones, like immortal red Fox and jammingers and a couple other guys that, uh, do a damn near professional level production uh sticking purely with the comics not having that as ancillary and having just like a a, a good silhouette and a good like original story original uh origin story i guess of uh you know connecting it into the greek myth isn't really something that's been done too much um outside of a, a couple smaller projects so i think those help and then like a name like god punk 
I think people really latch on to that. You know, yeah. it, it comes from a, a genre of, of literature and fiction like steampunk or cyberpunk with God punk. It's just another genre title, but I latched onto it and people seem to just really dig it. Yeah, it's definitely catching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so with that, Prior to this, we were talking, uh, prior to recording, we were talking a little bit, and you actually just got done working with some future stuff with Godpunk, or prepping to release from future stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit more about the future of Godpunk and what's to come, other than that awesome sure. photo shoot you just did? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I just did, yeah, I, I, I was talking about live action, I, I do have a suit, uh, I, I call it my, like, my, my Showa era suit, it's the first, first run that I've done, it's mostly scratch built. And uh, so, yeah, I did a first my first official photo shoot with the whole suit uh, last weekend. Yeah, should be getting those back this weekend or next week. So that'll be really cool. But uh, there's a couple things in the works. I've got the script for the next issue uh, pretty much done. Uh, it's it's ready for ready for a couple other sets of eyes to look at at least. <laughs> and uh and I just got done talking to you. Uh, this has already been announced a little while ago, but uh, a version of God Punk, an alternate mm -hmm. universe version, if you will, uh, is going to be appearing in a series called The Expanse. Um, it's a, a, a global group, really. We've got guys in the UK, Australia, South America, Central America, and the US and Canada um, all working together and combining uh, most of the characters. I think there's 11 publishers now. Most of them are all contributing to this single canon universe, i.e. the Expanse. It's mm -hmm. it's everybody is in this kind of multiverse. Um, Godpunk will be uh, Godpunk himself, just the one character. Uh, I'm kind of uh, loaning out to these guys to feature in um, one of their uh, side stories, one of their the publisher stories um, called Emerald Coyote. Um, and I'm also planning some crossover stuff. Uh, there's a group called um, the uh, Dragonfly Sentinels, and they're a very Toku-inspired, um, very Metal Heroes-inspired show mm. uh, or comic. Um, but that's been that's been a, a kind of a big thing that started the last like six months that I've been working on is how to fit Godpunk into their world and story where it doesn't uh, doesn't have to change too much of what makes Godpunk Godpunk. You're doing the multiverse. We're working it thing. out. Yeah, yeah, doing a, a a version of the multiverse. Thing. It seems to be the thing to do right now. So uh, here's a pretty normal Toku question amongst uh, the fans. What color ranger and why? Uh, I always say purple. Okay. Uh, or violet or some, some kind of, you know, purpley color. There's not a lot. The ones that we got are like uh, Wolkaiser from Mystic Force mm -hmm. and uh, the Wolf Ranger from Jungle Fury. And uh, the Wolf Ranger and Jungle Fury, Jungle Fury really stuck with me. <laughs> Jungle Fury, either way, <laughs> the, that one really stuck with me. It was like their their mentors, RJ. Yeah, uh, the suits designed after a uh, kind of a Muay Thai um, setup. He, he kind of looks like he's got Muay Thai boxing shorts. He's got the uh, arm wraps. Um, Muay Thai is the martial art that I did uh, mm. through high school and college. So it's just really stuck with me. And like I made God, Godpunk Orange, there's just not a lot of purple toku out there. And I think it's just so, it stands out, looks so cool. Now, that's something I didn't know about you. I didn't know you did martial arts as well. I did Taekwondo for six years. Yeah, I did uh, uh, <laughs> Hapkido 
Oh, uh, wow. All through, yeah, I did hop keto through uh, elementary, middle school, and into the start of high school. Um, got up to my second degree black belt. Uh, and then it started becoming homework and I quit. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> then I, I went over and I did uh, Muay Thai, uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu, and mixed martial arts uh, through the second half of high school and a couple years in college. I only had one amateur fight and I got my ass kicked. But Now, with fun. me, I did it mainly starting when I was young because of my love of Toku. Is that yeah. the same for you? Okay. Oh yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I was a huge, I was a huge Jackie Chan nerd. Like yeah. I it was like I, you know, my dad and uncles introduced me to uh, Jackie Chan flicks, the um, like classic kung fu movies, all of those, you know, all the stuff with the wire work yeah. and everything. <laughs> like that just like really stuck in me. And yeah, I was like six, five or six when I started, and Excellent. kept doing it till I was like fifteen. Yeah, Hell and then yeah. went to. Went went to one that I could get hit harder at for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I I feel you there, man. So you mentioned Jungle Fury. Uh, is that your favorite season? Uh, I think so. I I was just going over this uh, with Ryan a little bit ago. Of um, I I don't have like a, a favorite of the Saban era. Like I love the the designs of In Space and Zio the most, but those are some weird seasons when you actually try to rewatch them. Mm-hmm. But I think Jungle Fury is my favorite season. I think it it had three original American designs. Uh, the Spirit Rangers aren't in uh, Geki Ranger. Um, and that's such a cool it happens like there was the Titanium Ranger was original and the three Spirit Rangers and Jungle Fury. And it really doesn't happen much in the live action for them to make a whole original character to put in there. And that really stuck with me. The the villain arc, the whole Kung Fu martial arts theming that actually like worked like they actually trained and were martial artists and and their suits all matched a style like i don't know that just yeah i fucking love jungle fury <laughs> yeah i wish the like toys we got from it were a little better but yeah i feel you on that i i, I do like uh rj and i do like the whole pizza thing too that the fact that they're all like chilling in a pizza shop yeah that's yeah it's, it's so different and cool uh do you have any uh, Toku related props uh, behind you there? I, I can see some. I have a, a couple behind me. Um, but for the I, audio I, listeners, uh, what do they? Uh, yeah, what for, are we looking for at? For the here? audio people at home. Uh, so I have uh, most of my stuff is I've amassed recently. So uh, prop wise, I have a uh, 3D printed uh, Blue Stingerborg helmet that I, I got recently um, that I, I still need to finish and, and do some kind of a cosplay or something with. Um, and then I've got a original style guide from the first season of Big Bad Beetleborgs, a a Saban onset style guide, um, which I just stumbled upon on uh, eBay Italy somehow. Um, and I have an original comic, uh, which is actually I've got hiding somewhere uh, behind one of my pictures. But I have an original prop comic from Beetleborg. So in the in the show, they have um all the monsters in the, at least the first season come out of comic books. And uh, that's how Flabber brings all of their weapons and everything out for the show. And I managed to get my hands on one of the original props from there. Um, and then my uh, finances have not quite allowed me to amass more on screen uh, props. Cause that mm-hmm. is an expensive hobby to get into. Oh yeah. As you know, <laughs> But, so that uh, uh that got, Finster up there, that's one of your favorite homies, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I've got uh I've got the original ninety-three Finster toy and then a little pop, a mini pop, and then I've got the um I pre-ordered 
my first lightning collection figure that I actually pre-ordered is the Finster that comes out in April. And I am so painfully excited for that. And we also saw that somebody 3d designed his like, what do you want to call that? Monster maker. Monster Monster maker. Yeah. 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 That's, uh, that's, uh, I think I told you before I told uh, some of the guys, my, uh, like 2022 to 23 big cosplay project I want to do now that my workshop's set up in the new house is I want to do a full Finster costume. Mm-hmm. I've never seen anybody do like a full, you know, try to do it with the articulated eyes and the moving mouth and the full uh, workshop outfit with all the tools and everything. I, I've never seen somebody do it that wasn't uh, somebody getting a hold of a replica from or a, a original suit from the show. And yeah, I, I love Finster. I love you know they dove into his backstory in the boom comics mm-hmm. in the last couple of years um had kind of a a, fi- an, a finale to his story in the uh um uh, oh the tom the old man tommy comic that they did somewhat recently um yeah i love finster Excellent. i there's there's like three finster toys that have ever been made and i'm gonna <laughs> probably have all of them by the end of the year at least they make them <laughs> mm-hmm. so you mentioned cosplays. What else are you working on? Uh, yeah, so I, I've got I've done a, a couple different cosplays. Um, obviously, the God Punk suit is kind of like my my biggest one, my most the one that I'm most I'm the most happy with uh, so far. I did a um, Godzilla Power Ranger cosplay based on some some old fan art from like 2004, 2005 <laughs> uh, that I, I made friends with the artist a few years ago and uh, started working on that suit. Never really got it. I I it's one of those things that'll never be finished. I'm going to mm-hmm. keep upgrading it and getting cooler <laughs> armor and, and better uh, uh, helmets and stuff made. Um, I've got a fallout uh, kind of switches between fallout four and fallout 76 costume um, that I, it's another one of those. I'm just constantly making new pieces for it. Um, I just finished a Nuka Cola pit boy uh, recently that I had 3d printed a couple years ago. And then, yeah, I'm starting on the Finster one soon. Um, I'm really I think I'm going to wait till April when the figure comes in. So I have a perfect reference and I can just go off that. But I've got a, my whole garage, whole side of the garage is my workshop now. And hopefully I'll be able to get it set up to where I can film in it a little bit and do some, uh, if not. Tutorials, more of a how not to do something, maybe uh, <laughs> do, some, do some Twitch streams or something, because <laughs> mine's always a uh nothing but trial and error i'm i'm horrible at at uh taking instructions so i just have to break things 15 times before i get it right you have a uh transformers inspired cosplay too don't you yes uh yeah i keep forgetting about that one because i've i've taken so long to finish it since i'm not going to cons uh yeah i got uh i had a friend of mine do some uh fun art of a uh uh the Insecticon bombshell from G1. Yeah. Uh, who's also a, uh, uh, Rhino beetle, like, uh, um, blue stinger Borg and mm-hmm. Kabuto and, and all those. Um, and yeah, it's, it's basically, it's the Decepticons head. It's the Insecticons head and a, uh, a punk purple, uh, sleeve rip denim jacket <laughs> with spikes and the Decepticon logo on it. Um, yeah. And then, you know, kind of a, a skate punk, uh, insecticon and i've made the jacket the helmet is on the second coat of paint and uh, i think i've got the gloves and the jeans and everything that i want to wear with it 
uh and then yeah over time i'll add some pieces of armor and stuff like i think i'm gonna try to get his blaster 3d printed mm. and have that that'd be uh, rad it's just like weird and alien enough that i think i could take it into a con and not have to put yeah. bright orange plastic <laughs> on the front <laughs> <laughs> so talking transformers you're clearly team decepticon then yeah Nine times out of ten, especially <laughs> with especially with the way that the comics have told Megatron's origin and stuff. Yeah. yeah. Hell. So uh, with Transformers, there's a plethora of Transformers video games out there. And that's kind of some of my favorite parts of Transformers. What's your favorite Transformers video game? Uh, Devastation. It's okay. One of the recent ones. That's it's the, the art the comic super, one, right? Like the art. Yeah. Thing. It's the yeah. super cell shaded. Yeah. Um, I it feels it's really the only one that's been made based on G1 since like the Nintendo or super Nintendo one that came out back in the day. And I just, I love the hell out of cell shaded design. I love it in the, the dragon ball games. I love it in just about anything I get my hands on and cell shaded transformers with their just fucking boxy legs and, you know, the <laughs> classic, you know, cardboard box look yeah. Optimus prime. Like it works so well. And they use and mainly like, G one designs for that game, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like nine times out of 10, it's, it's G one or, uh, like they, um, I think they it might, I think it was one of the first, it might be the first video game appearance that actually had Bumblebee being a Volkswagen. Really? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Cause usually they, they swap it enough yeah. to it, you know, they don't get sued by VW. <laughs> and, uh, I think they actually made it damn near the classic VW in this one. And yeah, I love Bumblebee and it has the Insecticons in it. Can't play as them, but it has a lot of Insecticons. I love when you just got a swarm of Insecticons you're driving through. I love it. It's so good. It's fun. And it's a like an easy level platformer. You can just play right through. Uh, have you played the uh, the War, Fall, and Rise games? I played War for Cybertron. Played mm -hmm. the first one. And I didn't really like it. Okay. It's like Gears of War. I don't, yeah. yeah. And it, it's, I think it's just a play style that I'm not. Okay. I'm not a huge FPS guy. I'm not a huge... Uh, like co-op guy I, I i don't like games that rush me very yeah, much that's like fair. I'm, I'm very much like a solo sit down have a couple beers and and mm -hmm. just play um that's why i like games like fallout and and yeah assassin's creed and stuff i can just kind of like chill and burn through a little bit uh and i i'm not gonna lie i am not a huge fan of most cybertronian designs for transformers okay like, that's understandable i, I feel like they end up just looking like a block of mess. Well, if you think about it, like anything Cybertronian designs are kind of like the antithesis of Transformers because the whole point is robots in disguise and we don't right. recognize anything from Cybertron. So what's the point then? <laughs> yeah, right. And it, like I, I kind of I, I kind of like it if I don't know, it's it's just a it's a weird little like itch in my in my artist brain. That's like, but it doesn't. Why, why, why did you make it this and not like that? I don't know. It's and anytime they make Soundwave a, a, a vehicle. Yeah. Other than, other than Transformers animated. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of making Soundwave a vehicle. And that's understandable. Which is another just me. <laughs> <laughs> it just it just didn't hit the right notes for me. So talking more broader film and not just Toku or Transformers. What are some of your other favorite film directors? Um, man, I'm like so bad at remembering directors and producers and stuff. I, I, I'm like a, a plebe with that. It's like, you know, Spiels, Spielberg, um, Akira Toriyama. If you, I guess if you count that, um, uh, 
Hideaki Anno. Um, I know that's mostly leaning into Toku, but uh, some of his samurai type films, um, I just I really got into. Um, yeah, I'm like I'm so I'm I'm so bad at, at picking like favorites of directors and producers and stuff. But I'm I am a like super basic Spielberg fan of I'll just kind of dive into anything. Um, I think Spielberg's like a safe director. Like when you go to his films, yeah. you're just like you can expect something good, and you know you're going to have something of quality. So. Yeah, yeah. Unless it's Jurassic yeah, Park you're, you're not gonna you're not gonna get a weird answer like uh, Roland Emmerich or Michael Bay out of me. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. So, what was the last film you watched that blew you away? Ooh, um, well, I watched Spider Man No Way Home. Yes, and it it didn't blow me away in in a like cinematic masterpiece kind of way. Not yeah. that it's it's not close to it, but uh, tugged at the heartstrings stronger than I expected to. Uh-huh. Uh huh. A lot. Um, and really like even, uh, reveals that I knew were going to happen still got right? me and, and, and yeah. really pumped me up because we all knew what was going to be in it, but just the way the fact that it executed. happened and it happened so well. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, uh, I, this is like super out of left field, I guess I watched Encanto, uh, with my nieces. It's a Disney, oh. uh, the Disney movie with, um, the, uh, I think they're meant to be around Venezuela. Uh, it's a, it's, you know, South hmm. Central, His, uh, South Central American um, Hispanic kind of mythology uh, story, a real fantasy. Setting. Disney's gone south uh, of the border a lot recently with their stories. Yeah. yeah. And they, and it's been OK. Like, yeah. Encanto is just really good. It's it's uh, the the entire score. All of the songs were written by Lin-Manuel Miranda. Yeah. Uh, so like, you know, they were killer constantly and uh, it's one of the like i watched it with uh all three of my nieces were over uh over christmas break and uh i think i was like more enraptured <laughs> by it than they were most of the time i don't know it was it's a really fun movie it's really sentimental and it it like hit it and and didn't feel like a a greedy money grab by disney it really felt like they took the creators seriously and mm-hmm. and like took their advice uh luca was another one that's on yeah disney plus that was the uh italian um kind of mermaid movie uh i thought was done really well and like was another like kind of surprised me and uh blew me out of the water pun intended (laughs) so uh, i haven't uh i was trying to think of of what other movies i've gone to the theaters to see or things that came out recently but no way home is the only thing i saw in the theaters and it was 100 worth it did you watch dune I did. I watched it at home. I'm I am not a huge Dune guy. Ah. And uh it's I enjoyed it, but it is very very heavy. Uh it's a it's a thick book to turn into a movie. It is. I think <laughs> for me when I watched it because I'm a st- hardcore Star Wars guy and that the fact that the politics play such a, a heavy part in that story, I was able to transition into the Dune franchise pretty easily. So, yeah, so I can totally see where you're coming from because there's a lot there and there's a lot going on and you're like, wait, what? So I totally understand because I tried to show my fiance and my daughter it for the first time the other day and they were lost a little bit. So it's, yeah, it's it's a lot to take on. Yeah. As far as horror films, what do you like, man? I am, I'm a sucker for weird sci-fi. Okay. So, um, 
anything that comes out eldritch or lovecraftian uh color out of space the recent one uh scratched an itch i didn't know i had did you watch castle freak uh i did okay yeah it you know <laughs> that's all i can say man that fucking movie <laughs> yeah it's i'm like i'm not a huge slasher guy i'm, I'm yeah. not huge into body horror um but i'm a i'm a giant nerd for the classic universal monster movies um and any remake of them i mm-hmm. i enjoy the hell out of the 2010 wolfman it's one of my favorite werewolf movies it's pretty good uh, uh del toro did yeah. that one yep okay and uh yeah it's anthony hopkins as as his father i just i love i love the original wolfman it doesn't hold up all that well story-wise no. but <laughs> the original wolfman and like you know it's the original expanded universe it's, yes it just i love the hell out of it and then uh uh, even like Dracula Untold, I really enjoyed that movie and uh, not so much the recent Mummy remake, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that's fair. Yeah. So I think that's enough film talk for right now. We're going to transition into some other uh, different topics here. But first, let's take a little break. morning lineup is where the action is first up is the mr potato head show for thrill seekers and adventure four pack power rangers in space godzilla the series young hercules and mystic knights of tuna then big yucks with a comedy trio the secret files of the spy dogs mad jack the pirate and augie and the cockroaches where's the action at Okay, and we're back with Cameron Lee from the Big Bad Beetle Bros podcast, creator of the indie toku sensation Godpunk. So, what's your favorite thing about podcasting? Oh, uh, it's the interactions with other creators, mostly. Okay. And getting to know people who have, like, the same ideas or similar ideas or hit mm-hmm. the same problems. Uh, I-, I encountered it a lot with... Uh, I worked at a museum in a past life and uh, (laughs) I encountered that a lot with getting to talk to other people who do your job is like so it takes such a weight off. Uh huh. And like, you know, when we started the podcast, we didn't talk to anybody and we did kind of our own thing. We, you know, we uh, we met some people, you know, we brought on an editor that we had met through starting the podcast. We uh, got a lot of artists to work with us uh, when we started, but we didn't talk to any other podcasters. We didn't do any crossovers or anything like that. So like getting to talk to you guys and the occasions we get to talk to guys like um, the Ranger uh, Ranger Danger or uh, Ranger Command, um, all of those kind of shows and uh, and take me back to my virtual reality, the VR Troopers podcast in the UK. Like I think getting to talk to those guys and like talking to them on a level that feels only we understand mm-hmm. especially with talking to people who are like you know tv review podcasters and yeah. like you know not really getting paid to do it or you know getting just that little bit every now and then uh, off merch sales or stuff just like squeezing this in with a day job on the side or two jobs on the side depending on you know where they are and and trying just trying to get that interview just like trying to be so nice as this yeah. small creator to, you know, just snag that one guy or gal to talk to that the, the fans would really enjoy. Now, I'm going to interrupt you here. You say small creator. 
in the grand scheme and look of film reviewers or TV reviewers, for actually for your category specific, you guys are performing fairly well in that category in both the United States and Canada if you look at the charts. So I wouldn't say small when you're charting up there with the big boys. Well, true. I, I mean, small as in we don't, you know, it's not a day job. Because I'd say what I would just say as a producer of the show, I think 80% of the content you guys release charts. Yeah, and, and that's well, and yeah, I especially mean, like the last year. Yeah, that's been... that's impressive, and, and I mean, you got to give credit where credits due. It's because of the quality content that you guys are putting out, and I think that I don't. Uh, you guys are way too humble to admit it, but like it's it's easily one of the better Toku podcasts available. And I'm not just saying that because it's on the Project Louder network, but it's easily the most accessible show because it allows you to listen to it on an entry level and allows you to relate to these dudes who are just watching it and joking around. So some of these more convoluted story t- topics are easier to talk about, easier to understand because they're coming from a more grounded perspective. That's the way I see it. I appreciate the... <laughs> The uh, uh, kindness. Yeah, no, we're not good at being. Uh, <laughs> we're not good at, at being. Uh, uh, Braggadocious. Deprecating. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say self-aggrandizing, but that's even a step too hard, too far. I'll do uh, it for you as, as a guy who yeah, has yeah, a heavily yeah. vested interest in the show. It fucking kicks <laughs> ass. So with all the great stuff, what's the least favorite thing you like about doing this? Oh, uh, well, doing uh, mostly just during COVID, we've had to do quite a few remote recordings mm-hmm. um, and uh, that has been a pain. Uh, that's a lot. <laughs> there's way more technical difficulties that happen then. And especially the show got taken off Netflix. So it yeah. means I have to stream it from my computer or uh, send them a download link and hope that that works so that they can. And then, you know, we've got a three, two, one go to start watching because like, we all, you know, part of yeah. part of it is we all watch it together and, and get those jokes in there. And that's hard during yeah. the you know the last two years now. Um, the only other thing really is is just um, I'd say it's keeping motivated, but that's not it's not hard to to want to do it because we get to hang out. You know, I get to hang out with two of my best friends yeah. once a week and, you know, shoot the shit and watch a weird show. Um, finding out what like people want us to do is a like weird and kind of frustrating thing that I I've stopped worrying about recently, mm-hmm. but, uh, getting, you know, we have quite a few followers on Instagram and Twitter now and like knowing what it is that people expect from us is a weird thing. I didn't expect to care about. And then I, I did for like a, a you know, a year or so of doing the show mm-hmm. Uh, especially as we got, uh, you know, we, we, uh, got the Power Rangers Turbo versus Beetleborgs Metallics comic and, and, you know, put that up and did an episode about it. People would love that. People love the interviews. Um, and then, you know, like you said, the show, you know, regular episodes chart yeah. and like, it's like as great and, uh, uh, self-esteem boosting as it is to see, it's like, there's this little part in the back of my brain. And I know the other guys have it too, where they're like, but Why? Why, why did they like that one? And like, you know, we don't get a ton of fan interaction online. uh, So it's just like, there's that little part of like, did we make a good joke in this one? Yeah. Did like, what was it in this? Is it because it was a, a a more like Hillhurst monster centered episode and we, we get funnier with those because they're so weird. Was it because we talked about B fighter Kabuto? Like what is going on in here? (laughs) Or is it just like, Oh, like the, you know, my tweet just went a little further this week. Yeah. Or, uh, 
somebody else mentioned it somewhere else. Like, you know, we get, I say, I, I call it snitch tagging because mm-hmm. someone will be talking about us on Facebook or, or Twitter and they'll add us, Yeah, but they'll not be meaning to, uh, yeah, we get a lot of, a lot of snitch tagging when people are talking about Beetleborg stuff, but yeah, that's a, that's a weird, I don't know if it's not necessarily a negative, but it's a weird, like thing that's in my brain always when we're yeah. doing the show and and that's actually an interesting problem to have because a lot of modern podcasts operate remotely and solely are created remotely uh example goran Moore. uh those guys only just met last year for the first time and then you with you you have a problem with actually having to do remote for the first time so it's just an interesting mm-hmm. thing having your show being one of the few shows that we actually have on the project louder that records in person uh with that being said, with Beetleboard, Beetle Bros, do you have plans post-Metallics f- to continue the show, or will there be some sort of spinoff with those boys to do something in addition to? So we, we definitely want to keep doing stuff. Yes. Um, like, obviously, uh, we've gotten a lot of people giving us ideas for just keeping the show going. You know, once a week we watch a show and, and keep it going, and, just, you know, it's Beetle Bros does VR Troopers or something like that. Um, I I still kind of want to keep it to where we're doing something that other people aren't doing. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to step on the toes of uh, the guys doing VR Troopers or Power Rangers or any of that stuff. I think those things are talked about enough. Uh, I think one of the first things we'll dive into is what we can get a hold of of the B-Fighter series. Uh, Juku B-Fighter and B-Fighter Kabuto. Not a lot that's out there that's available that's... Uh, subbed or even not subbed it's just hard to find uh you know versions of the show there's never been an american or japanese proper release so it it's one of those things that's tricky but that's on our docket um we've had a couple of people ask if we want to do um common rider zero one the recent season that came out on blu-ray uh just mm-hmm. blu-rays just got delivered last week that's an option um, and we may switch up the format to, uh, you know, not doing a regular TV show and talking mm-hmm. about just, you know, weird Toku stuff or weird uh, nostalgic stuff for us until we, you know, find a show that we feel like we want to do. Um, we've talked about doing another weird show like Biker Mice from Mars or something that yeah. you can really snag that that weird nostalgia uh, itch in the back of our heads. Uh, and then we're going to I think at least for me. The plan is to start doing more video stuff. So yeah. whether it's stuff in the workshop working on on cosplays or Gundam models or other builds and projects uh, or us doing live episodes of the podcast mm-hmm. uh, or doing live discussion. You know, I've got I've got a crap ton of Beetleborgs toys that probably nobody's ever done a proper review of. So diving into something like that or even doing a review of uh, like the helmet that I've got as I work on it, things like that, I think. I think that's the foreseeable future. You know, we'll finish. We've got about, I think, eight episodes left in Metallics. So, you know, another month and a half ish, Mm -hmm. another two months maybe of just that content. So halfway through the year, we got to figure something out. (laughs) Fair enough. And and we've discussed maybe messing around with a Zio project at some point. So uh, be on the lookout for that if that ever uh, comes to fruition do you have any uh future plans with project louder how do you want to grow with us so i think i one of the things that i'd like to do and we've talked about this mm-hmm. you know jumping on to another project like like a zeo project or uh you know jumping into a, a another group show like gore and more mm-hmm. um or something like that where i'm i'm you know with 
guys that aren't necessarily Ryan and Nick every yeah. week talking about stuff that isn't necessarily a show that I'm familiar with. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing I think would be fun. Um, I'd love to do, we've talked about this a little bit. Uh, I'm an art historian at heart and I would love to do some kind of a, uh, scripted, uh, history show mm-hmm. of some kind. I, you know, I've, I've talked about maybe doing some kind of a, uh, 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 pseudo archaeology debunking yeah show diving into conspiracy theories about history you know something like that to that effect um or or diving into like misconceptions about mythology maybe I, something like that i think i i'd really love to dive into and, and get kind of an educational spin on something yeah. i think that would be truly fantastic it'd almost be like a scientific version of what steve does currently on on yeah. his show and i think that, that that's a part of the market or let's say listenership that we don't have currently. So I think that would definitely be interesting to see. Uh, are you working any other projects outside of uh, our realm or doing anything like that? Um, I mean, I, you know, I've got some other Godpunk stuff going up. We've got a, uh, well, it's actually, I guess it's within the same realm uh, as of this weekend, okay. but uh, doing the Godpunk RPG. Uh, we stream that on Twitch. Yes. Uh, took a hiatus over the last uh, the holiday season, kind of starting in uh, didn't do an episode in December or January. We're getting ready to jump on uh, next weekend or the weekend after, depending on how the uh, Chiefs do for the next couple weeks. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, doing that. And uh, I really don't have any other projects that I've had any time for, you know, between Godpunk and, and Beetle Bros. It ends up being a full part time job. <laughs> Excellent. So do you want to plug your socials? Shameless plug. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So uh, if you want to follow uh, me and my antics, which are usually arguing with uh, idiots on Twitter, uh, you can follow me at uh, <laughs> at uh, the legit hiccup uh, on Twitter. And you can also follow uh, Beetle Bros Pod on Twitter or uh, at the official or at official Godpunk. Um, on Twitter and then uh, Big Bad Beetle Bros on Instagram and Facebook and Official Godpunk on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, all those. Um, and then the Beetle Bros on YouTube as well. We love getting subscribers on there and and we've got some um, abridged episodes of older episodes. We've got a couple live episodes we've put up now and like I said earlier, some future content. So head on those. We're always on uh, uh, Instagram and Twitter for Beetle Bros. I'm constantly posting uh Anything I can find related to Beetleborgs. So if you're uh, if you just want to to find content related to Beetleborgs, we're constantly retweeting and sharing and working with guys like Toku Scans and uh, uh, a couple other groups that just find odd stuff. You also have a uh, T Public that's pretty uh, packed full of stuff. Yes, yeah, it's uh, it's under my, my like banner brand uh, Leeway Productions right now, but. If you just go to T Public and search Beetleborgs, you'll find our stuff uh, or Godpunk. Yeah, find it. where can people uh, purchase Godpunk? Read Godpunk. What about that? Uh, that's a plug I always forget to mention. Anymore. <laughs> it's so fresh in my brain, it feels like. No, it's six months now. Uh, yeah. So on Etsy, uh, if you search Godpunk on Etsy, uh, you'll find uh, the page. We have a couple Beetleborg stuff on there too, but it's mostly the physical and digital releases of Godpunk, as well as uh, some art prints that I have. Uh, done by our, our artist, um, Cohen Nguyen, uh, is a great guy that I'm still looking forward to working with on future installments. Um, and I'm also on a couple other places. I'm on, uh, Indie Planet. Um, really the only other, only place you can't find Godpunk is going to be like on Kindle. So if you, uh, if you go looking on Etsy, if you go looking on, 
um comicsology if you go looking on um uh drive through comics uh same guys that do drive through rpg uh you can find us on there and most of those are print order so you're going to get mm. you know that copy is is specifically yours you're not going to have to worry about me uh, forgetting to pack it up and mail it to you but if you uh, want a signed copy you can go on etsy and, and i've got an autograph option on there so that's where you can find it excellent so if you guys are interested be sure to check that out and we are also working on putting some Godpunk stuff up on the project louder site currently so you can probably expect that within probably probably next month probably to start publishing right yeah yep that checks out Okay, so a little message of motivation for you listeners out there. Like Cam, if you go and you start working on a project and you start having some sort of self-doubt, do not give up. You keep working on it because who knows, your break could be right around the corner. All Cam did was throw a little bit of money at some ad space and we picked them up and those guys has just been a welcome addition to the project louder network and it's truly been an honor and a joy to have them aboard and i hope that you guys uh, who are listening out there go check out their podcast and of course go check out god punk and even buy a copy it's been an absolute pleasure talking with you cam and i hope that we can do it again very soon and we can work on many projects to come together absolutely man thanks so much for having me it's been a joy talking about uh, all of the random shit that i get into <laughs> so I appreciate it. We got a lot down the pipeline. I'm excited. For sure. So until next time, this is the Pod Boss, the host of the motherfucking most, TJ Bowser, signing off. And hit my music!